Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Thank you very much. Good morning, church. It's a joy, a privilege, and an honor to be in your company on this God's Holy Sabbath day. I also want to thank you for the invitation to be with you. It was not easy to get away, but you know, uh, God has made a way. You are our neighbor right there in Hollywood, right? And uh, we, I was told that um, we have a lot in common. And, uh, you know, I think we can still do a lot of things together. Amen? Amen. So we will be working through your pastor to make sure that we have this vibrant relationship. Um, Sister Barrett, thank you for your words of welcome and introduction. Uh, my two sons, uh, one is over there. The other one should be on his way coming. The um, other gentleman here is a very close friend of ours a profound leader in the Hollywood church, one who is very passionate, and um, his name is Ron, Ron Hartone. Could you stand let the brethren see you? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, my wife, as you, as you have um, seen, we were here a couple of weeks ago, not so? Right, she's a teacher at the um, William Curlew uh, Academy, and um, I'm so happy she has decided to come because she too is very busy elsewhere um, but god is good you know the elder asked where is he he was sitting right he asked me about my surname baptiste he said pastor you are french and um you know it dawned on me um you're not you're not the only person who have who has asked this question um Actually, you have studied West Indian history. My forefathers are from India. And uh, they were taken to the Caribbean. They ended up in St. Vincent. My wife is from Trinidad. but um, So my forefathers from India landed in St. Vincent. And then their surname was Rambalak Singh. Very long name. But the slave owners, they thought that that name was too long. <laughs> so they wanted to give, you know, my parents a shorter name that they could remember. So that's how we ended up with Baptiste. Let us bow our heads as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your saints gathered here today. You have called us by name. You know where we live. And you are very passionate about our well-being. I pray, Lord, that you may be with each person bowing in your presence, each family represented here. Lord, you know the struggles that we go through at times. But we thank you for your Holy Spirit and the reformatory work that he is doing in our lives. So bless us, Father, as we reach out to you. Accept us, we pray. And may we not be miles apart while we live in the same home. Or may we not be miles apart while we exist and coexist in the same church. Bless us, Father, 
and let your spirit discharge itself in our lives. Today we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In a book entitled The Debt of the Family, a British physician suggests that we do away with the family completely. Why, he said, look at his response, the family has now become a primary conditioning device for a Western imperialistic worldview. So people are clamoring, are clamoring for a modification of the family. Some are saying, let's do away with it. It doesn't make sense. That traditional biblical family, we have no place for it in the world they are seeing. But look at Harvard sociologists. Petrim Sorkim, he predicted in 1947 that the main social cultural functions of the family will further decrease until the family becomes a mere incidental cohabitation of male and female, while the home will be an overnight parking place. I don't know what is happening in your neighborhood. I don't know what is happening in your home. But let me tell you, beloved, the devil is after our homes. He is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy our happiness. There are some men, there are some husbands who leave their wives at night and they go somewhere else making that person's home an overnight parking place. Thank God it's not happening to you in your congregation. Looking at every one of you, you seem as if you are on your way to glory land. But in some places, beloved, that devil is having a field in homes. Then there are those who say, God created Adam and Eve. Yes, but they are now saying Adam and Steve is acceptable. There is no question that the family is under a major assault. And people want to redefine family in absolutely any terms they want. Oh, beloved, just married. Could you think about this? Two men just married. What a disgrace to Almighty God and humanity. So here we have a warning. You may tamper with society in a lot of places and perhaps get away with that. But if you destroy the family, you will destroy society. You know why? Because society is a composition of families. The church is a composite of families. What is happening in the church 
is a reflection of what is happening in the home. What is happening in the school is a reflection of what is happening in the what? In the home. Because the family is the germ cell of civilization. The family is still the heart and soul of human society and family as is defined by God. Not what man is saying. You cannot have two women and say that they are married and having good family life. You cannot have two men marrying or living in a relationship and, be, and say they are, you know, modeling God's, um, you know, form of family. This tells me something is radically wrong. The family, beloved, is the place of intimacy. It is the place of joy. It is the place of memories that build the foundation of life. The family is the closest tie on earth. It was designed to be a blessing to whole mankind. And this is found in the book Adventist Home, page 18. I want you to read it with me again, beloved. It is profound. It says here, the family, is, the family tie is the closest, the most tender and sacred of any on earth. It was designed to be a blessing to mankind. So God knew what he did when he organized the family structure. And what God has done is well done. We cannot improve on what God has done. The family, beloved, is the place where we prepare candidates for eternity. Could somebody say amen? But like everything else, for everything that God has organized and given to us, the devil provides a counterfeit. God says marriage. The devil says communal living, concubinage. God says work. The devil says steal. God says Sabbath. The devil says Sunday. Everything God says, the devil comes up with a counterfeit. So the devil has turned some of our homes into war zones. Afghanistan. Iraq, Somalia, and all these troubled spots in the world, beloved, we have homes that are also troubled. Friends of mine, I found a very intriguing and interesting article. It says, our titanic moral values. We have more degrees but less pedigree. We have more knowledge, but less judgment. We have bigger houses, but smaller families. We have more medicines, but less wellness. 
Oh, beloved, we have multiplied our possessions, but have reduced our real worth. We have cleaned up the air, but have polluted the soul. We have higher incomes, but lower morals. We have more people, but fewer friends. We build faster computers to hold more information than ever, but we have less communication. As I speak to you today, beloved, there are some husbands and some wives in their homes who, when they go to bed, sleep head and tail. There are some husbands and wives who are living under the same roof who have not breathed a word to each other for a little while. Am I speaking truth? Communication. We have taller men but shorter characters. We have more kinds of food, but less nutrition. Beloved, here is what the article says. We watch TV too much, but pray too seldom. When you look at some of our prayer meetings, where are the people? Beloved, some churches are fulfilling the, 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 the passage of scripture that says, where two or three are gathered in my name. So you go to church and you see two and three. If there was a time that they need, that the church need to pray, it is now. No wonder Hebrew 10.25 tells us, we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Are you still with me? We have fancier houses, but more broken homes. Beloved, houses are different than homes. Do you know there's a distinction between a house and a home? Ellen White says, our home may be small and simple. It may not have all the lavish decorations that some houses have. But if there's love in that place, it becomes a home. Oh, friends of mine, the modern home is in trouble. Desperate trouble. I didn't grow up in any modern home. I'm from a big family. If I tell you something, would you keep a secret? Some Adventists, you can't trust them, you know. I'm from a big home. Big family. Beloved, my parents, they took seriously the command to go and multiply. Be fruitful and what? Multiply. And there are 12 of us. And let me tell you, beloved, we didn't have a bed for every one of us. We had a small house. 
but there was love. We used to wear one another's clothes. Are you still with me? We used to eat from each other's plate. We used to fight, but at the end of the day, we still were friends. Today, all of us are grown. And every one of them are still in the Adventist church. You, I told you about my second son. He is on his way. <laughs> yes, he and his friend, uh, you know. <laughs> he is at FIU preparing for the medical field one of these days. And we are happy you are here, Trev and Tracy. So, beloved, many of us, we grew up under adverse conditions. Beloved, I want to let you know that the values we had in our home served us well. Because even today, we are two in pastoral ministry. My other brother is the president of the St. Vincent Mission. So God has been good to us. Grew up in a small home, cooking food on a fireside. We didn't have all the modern, modern gadgets. Are you still with me? We didn't, we, we didn't grow up in an environment where you flick a switch and so many things comes on at one time. And so, beloved, we have the old home and the modern home. But the modern home, beloved, is in serious trouble, desperate trouble. Look at this. The modern family, beloved, is like the man that Jesus talked about in Luke 10, verse 30 to 37. And you know that story, so I'm not going to get into it today. This man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho and was robbed by thieves, beaten up, and left half dead. Who was that man? Huh? Remember the good Samaritan helped him, right? Right. We, we, the name was not mentioned. But he was beaten up and robbed and was left. To die. So the home today is left to breathe its last breath. There are many thieves that have stripped the family of its dignity and have left it wounded and dying. Number one is domestic what? Violence. There is spousal abuse, child abuse, and abuse of the elderly, to name a few. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know anything about spousal abuse? And that can take several forms. And some can be very subtle and overt. 
like the silent treatment. You know what the silent treatment is? Sabarat, you know? So there is spousal abuse, child abuse, and abuse of the elderly. Let me say something about the elderly. For God's sake, those of you within the hearing of my voice, treat your elderly good. Because what goes around has a way of coming around. Treat them good. They have worked hard. They have worked feverishly to see you where you are. For God's sake, when their sunset days come and they sit on the balcony of their experience, beloved, for God's sake, treat them well. But some elderly, beloved, they are robbed of their assets. They are pushed in the corner. Some children today, they'll delight in getting rid of them to put them in some nursing facility. Are you still with me? Oh, beloved, these things are wrong in the sight of God. Home violence of the darkest hue is being what? Perpetuated. Home violence. And then, beloved, you have spouses cheating on each other. And some still have the audacity to come to church and bung for the land of the pure and the holy. In some homes today, beloved, in some families, they have private detectives looking for cheating spouses. Are you still with me? And then another common phenomenon is divorce. Beloved, let me tell you, my God says he hates divorce. Are you with me? God says he hates divorce. But he permits it because of the hardness of what? Men's hearts. So if you are in a marital relationship, beloved, and you are having problems, divorce should not be a first option. Don't look for a cop-out mechanism. Try to work out your differences and try to get some Christian counselor to help you. But some of us are too proud to ask for help. And we are suffering silently in our homes. And there are some husbands, even in our churches, who come to preach. And they dare not look straight in their wise eyes. Are you still with me? 
So these are the problems we have. Problems, concerns. We live in what has been described as a talk back, fight back, get even, I'll sue you society. I grew up in, a, in an environment where even my elders had the privilege of disciplining me. People who I never knew in my community, if I did something bad, they had the authority to give me a little spanking and I dare not go home and tell my parents, well, But times have changed. People have to mind their business. And if you tell a parent that his or her child is going the way of the world, they're ready to sue you. That's why, beloved, I love the Caribbean. You know, I had a lot of chances to come to the U.S. Before the time I actually came. But... You see these children? I want them to make sure, I want you to make sure they grow up in the fear and in the knowledge of the Lord. Yeah. I didn't want when I come here and I put the rod of correction on them, they call police on me. Are you still with me? So I don't want anybody to sue me. Then there is thief number two. Parental what? Parental responsibility. Beloved, look at this. Some children are brought into the world as a byproduct of their parents' pleasure without much thought. Then they are often left to parent themselves or be parented by the television. So look, look, look at these. Look at these fellas. Huh? Mother and father perhaps has gone. Yes, making ends meet is important. But... When you have children to be guided and fashioned in the way of the Lord, you have to take some time to deal with them. Putting them in a playpen in front of television, beloved, is not the answer. You have to make some sacrifices. Look at this. Ellen White in the book Testimonies for the Church, Volume 2, page 482, paragraph 2 says, Some families are asleep and know not that Satan has planted his hellish banner right in their households. Pastor, what does that mean? It simply means... Where the word of God should be shining, you have television. You have video games. You have all those movies 
that portrays husband and wife breaking up. Young people loving up out of wedlock. And this is what is shown to our young people and older ones. Beloved, I have no problems with a television. I have one home. Eh? Are you still with me? So don't get me wrong. Television has its place. That two good things that I know comes out of my television. And my wife and my children can testify of that. One, the news. I like to hear and see what is going on globally. In my neighborhood and around the world, I look at the news whenever I get a chance. And let me tell you, the second good thing about television where I am concerned, it serves as a tranquilizer to put me to sleep. So good, two good uh, reasons why I have a television. But as I look at a broad-based level, where this type of media is concerned, it has a lot of negatives. There is an abundance of violence, immorality, adultery, homosexuality. All these are paraded before the viewer's eyes. And what I discover is that the media moguls are only concerned about what? Money, monetary gains. So it doesn't matter what goes to the Vian public as long as people what? Fill their pockets with money. So here we have an observation. Hollywood and the movie industry seem bent on a course to destroy the what? The family. This is why I have, you know, looked at this from all angles. And I have seen this. A moral society does not just happen. It takes work and effort by parents, educators, church leaders, and community agencies. All hands must be on board where the family is concerned. Are you still with me? Yeah. The home, the school, the church. This is why a good education that is Christian is important. For instance, Adventist education. It is important why in the school you hear the same thing that is taught in the church. And the home should teach the same thing that the church teaches. So there is an advantage there than the public school system. Theodore Roosevelt has this to say. To educate a person in mind and not in morals is to educate a menace to society. 
So when do you begin to educate your child? Huh? At birth? Let me tell you that is wrong. You start educating that child in the womb. Cutting back on your bad temper. Cutting back on what you put in your body as food. The condiments and the high seasons food. Beloved, all these influence the baby even in the womb. So the training should begin there. Otherwise, it will be tears on your pillow and pain in your heart later on. And point number three, as we come rapidly to the end. Point number three. Teenage rebellion. What did I say? This is creating havoc in some families. Teenagers, if you are here, and those who still feel they are in their teenage life, but are in their 30s and 40s. I want to let you know, this kind of thing that is going on around us. Where everything, you know, is about sex, the sexual explosion, beloved, sexual revolution. You have to watch that. A man may come to you and tell you, oh, your teeth are like pearls. And your eyes are like silver when you know you don't even have teeth in your mouth. Beloved, watch out. Are you still with me? So you have to be very careful. So not only the teenagers are having problems in this regard. I say to you, every one of you, do not give away anything you have to anybody so that if you ask back for it, you can't get it. The children who should be playing with balloons are playing with condoms instead. And those who should be playing with dolls have real babies to take care of. This is practical. Beloved, look, Hosea, the prophet, has something to say to us. If you sow the wind, you are going to reap the what? Whatsoever a man sweat, that shall he also reap. You don't want your life to be spoiled. When thou art spoiled, what wilt thou do? I submit to you that Jesus is the answer to all your family problems. Ellen White says here, the elevation or deterioration of the future of society will be determined by the manners and morals of the youth growing up around us. Young people, if you are here, for God's sake, go back to the basics. Thy word have I hidden my heart so that I will not sin against God. At Venice home, page 15. The company which the young now keep 
the habits they now form and the principles they now adopt are the index to the state of society for years to come. Beloved, if you lie down, if you lie down with dogs, you are going to get up with somewhat. You are known by the company that you what? Birds of a what? Flock together. So in a world of change, diminishing family values, moral laxity, and increasing numbers of single parents, or children's spiritual condition is at stake. It is therefore crucial for parents to devote their time and energy to building a foundation for their children's what? Character. You cannot be living miles apart in the home. Husbands and wives, beloved, you need to show an example of what good family life is to your children. In the church, you can't be a husband and a wife and are sitting miles apart in the church. You didn't hear what I say. We belong to a great church, a good church. But this Sabbath school thing, beloved, although it's good, if you know you are married, when the Sabbath school is finished, for God's sake, find your spouse. Perhaps I'm not talking to anybody here. We need to show people in our homes and in the church what good family life is. We are supposed to be mentors and caregivers and good role models. Before a man and a woman are, get, are, are married, you see them holding hands going down the road. They stand up somewhere and you, you drive, you think it's one person. They look like close up two pace. But when they are married and after they are married, you see them drifting apart. We have our priorities wrong. When people are married, they should show that kind of closeness. When you are not yet married, for God's sake, let there be a distance. Select your boundaries. There has to be boundaries. This property has boundaries. Well, let me tell you, every one of you are God's property and there should be boundaries around you. I know the demands of work and school have increased so much. The result of this is that family life is suffering today. In one Christian family, when father leaves the house for work, mother and children are still asleep. Mother leaves for work shortly after that. Then the children are left, without, are left with the maid or the grandparents. 
by the time father gets home at 10 p.m., his family has gone to bed. They hardly eat meals together because of their conflict in what? Schedules. I understand that. But for God's sake, pay attention. You have to make some time. If you don't make time for your family, beloved, nobody will do it for you. And even when family members are together at home, they will spend much time in front of that TV. Catching the news or the favorite TV shows, there isn't any meaningful communication between them. We need to make time for our what? Families. It is truly a challenge to have a good family life under, uh, under our present circumstances. We all have to make an extra effort to spend quality time with our loved ones at home. Those of you who are married, if you don't tell your spouse regularly that you love her, somebody will do the homework for you. Are you with me? Yeah. I asked, you know, a couple came to me sometime for counseling. And in the process of counseling, I asked him, when last did he say to his wife, I love you? He turned to me, he said, Pastor, she knows that I told her that 14 years ago and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Friends of mine, I want you to read what is on the screen for me. What it says. The closer I am to my what? The better I'll do as an earthly father to my sons and to my what? Daughters. So the closer you are, the better the relationship you have with God is going to be the better in your home. Relationships are important. A good relationship can't just be found. It has to be created. It takes time and effort to build a good relationship. Spend some time, beloved, rough. You need to connect. Connect with your family. Your husband and your wife, parent, child. You need to connect and connect with Almighty God. He makes that difference in your life. Child guidance, page 520. Paragraph 3. Fathers and mothers. It's a passionate plea. Fathers and mothers, however pressing your business, do not fail to gather your family around God's altar. Ask for the guardianship of holy angels in your home. Remember that your dear ones are exposed to what? Temptations. Teach them what is right from what is wrong. And finally, we cannot build, we cannot rebuild our society until we rebuild the family and restore those things which are lost. An old writer well said, a family without prayer 
is like a house without a roof, open and exposed to all the storms of heaven. So let's build back the family altar. The family who prays together will what? The devil is not making it easy for us to have good families. But Jeremiah says, and I love it. Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord had appeared of all unto me, saying, Yeah, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. How many of you have felt that drawing power of Almighty God in your life? How many of you could I see your hands? You feel the power of God pulling on your heartstring. He is drawing you closer and closer to him. Would you raise your hands? Would you stand with me now, please? He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a what? Expected end. And to strengthen our resolve, look at some comfort in Malachi. Malachi 4, 5, and 6 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to who? And the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a cause. Beloved, God is on your side. He is going to help you as an individual. He is going to help you in your marriage life. He is going to help you at your job. Wherever you go, you have Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisai with you. Could somebody say amen? You want to say, Pastor, I want Jesus. I want him to be my constant guide. I want him to navigate my life over these troubled waters, this troubled life. Would you join me at this altar? Leave where you are. If you don't mean that, just stay where you are. You want to say, Pastor, I want my individual life. I want my family life to be improved. I want to be a, a, a light to people. Just leave where you are. Come around this altar and let me have a, a prayer with you. Would you come now quickly, please? Don't have much time. You have the power of choice. You can stay where you are. You have the power of choice. But my Bible tells me, enter ye in at the what? For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many be there that go thereof. Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto destruction. And few there that find it. Would you bow your heads? Lift your hearts to the God of heaven. As I ask my dear wife, Sister Batiste, to come and pray a special prayer for you. Shall we pray?
Our gracious Father, we are so thankful for your message to our hearts today. We are so thankful that you are with us, that you are willing to help us through our difficulties. I'm thankful for all the brethren who have come to your altar, and even those who have stayed back. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit may fill each one of us, that you would help us that there will be unity among us as a church family, and in our homes that there will also be unity among the members, that husbands will continue to love their wives, and that the wives will also show love to their husbands, that the children will submit, Lord, and that the home will be a second heaven, that, Lord, the homes will reflect Christ, that the homes will shine forth with truth and love and beauty and holiness. I pray in a special way that you would help whatever problems there are, that these problems will be resolved. Help that these families would seek you even more earnestly, seek to be like you, seek, Lord, to follow your will and your way, and that conflicts may be resolved peacefully, Lord, and that there may be reconciliation where there is alienation, that there may be love and forgiveness, Lord, where there is unkindness. I pray, Lord, that you would lift us up, Lord. Only you can lift us up and forgive us and save us. And I pray that you would do this for each one of us this morning. I pray in a special way for the young children, Lord, that you would give them the heart that the mind of Christ, Lord, the youth among us, that you would help them to recognize the days in which we are living, the end time, Lord, that they would recognize that they still can shine for you. They still can spread your gospel truth, that you're counting on them, because we all the ones will soon leave. I pray in a special way, Lord, for the mothers, that you would fill them and encourage them and strengthen them because so often they have so much to do to train and guide these children and to fill in where the fathers are not there. I pray, Lord, that you would bless the fathers that as they go about their work, that they too will lift up their hearts to you, praying for their families and living the life of holiness in the home. And I pray, Lord, that you would save our families. Lord, I pray especially that this church family here will be a united force to spread your gospel to those in the community, for there are families out there who need to be saved too. And I pray, Lord, that when you shall come, that you will find faith among us, that you will find love among us, and that we will be ready to go home with you. So may this be our blessed experience. And what we have heard today, Lord, may we practice, and may we hold it dearly and share with others so that we can have good family lives and that we can unite with the family in heaven at last. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.